I love the intro because every time I just see Tess like jigging away. Oh, I was going to say, I get into it and then it just cuts straight away. That's quite a, a, quite an intense intro. I feel like I'm on countdown and I haven't got anything to show for the workings or the thumbs or whatever letters I've been given. You know what, a countdown theme song would have been a lot better, Mike. You reckon? So I'll try and build that in for next week. Hi, everyone. Uh, so this evening, as you can see, we have a, a, a green and black friend with us who is sporting, might be involved with some coaching goalie company of some sort. Uh, who are you and why are you here? Hi, guys. Um, I'm Tom. I run Fortitude Hockey Goalkeeper Coaching. Um, also do a bit of coaching with GB Hockey. Um, I um, am loving lockdown right now, obviously, because uh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Not bored in the slightest. Um, yeah, so usually we're on hockey pitches sort of up and down the country, um, coaching goalkeepers and uh, helping other goalkeeper coaches improve and things like that. Um, like I said, you guys know, can't quite do that at the moment. So i um, been pulling my hair out. Literally. Quite, quite literally. <laughs> this is a little bit longer than it was before, mate. It was short. <laughs> I quite missed it being being really, really short. It feels It felt nice, but my head's cold, oh. which is why I wear my beanie. Yeah, it's a proper lockdown haircut, that. Um, <laughs> Very proud. No. is going the other way, Mike, unfortunately, isn't it? It's just sort of the, the mushrooming out effect. Yeah. I was saying so much, I just go full, like, Ace Ventura Wild and just let it go. Yeah, that looks good. Wow. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm not sure that's my best look. My too thick for that. It just does this. It just kind of bouffons. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was getting that way. <laughs> anyway. Um, so format for tonight is uh, we're going to just basically talk to you like and we want to see like how goalies can get a little bit more out of like what's going on right now in terms of lockdown and stuff. Uh, Tess is basically going to give you grief being a centre forward versus goalies for the entire episode. So I'm very excited about this. Uh, just going to let Tess wade in on you on that. Uh, and then you're both going to talk a little bit about coaching stuff uh, as well. So first question, Tom, goalies, how... Like, how should goalies be looking after themselves first and foremost during lockdown? Because you're special people, really, aren't you? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we've got a lot of um, yeah, a lot of special special needs. Um, we have we 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 need to be um, given lots of things to do. We can't just go and do it ourselves. So we're in in that way. We're very very special. Um, no, I like having learned a lot from lockdown one and two um what you can do at home are actually things that are very simple they don't seem that they're going to benefit you in the long run necessarily but actually if you get it right you can still do quite a lot of things i think the difficult bit at the moment is that most of the young goalkeepers are obviously doing a lot of online schooling well, that's all they're doing. And I think another online Zoom training session is probably not at the top of the list. Um, and I think what, I guess, advice-wise, just encourage 
doesn't have to be goalkeeping necessarily or anything really specific, but anything that is hand-eye coordination based, a ball and a wall, um, something that's going to get them in a similar position, doing um, anything where they're like hopping a little bit, um, even if they're just throwing and catching something, just get outside, mix it up a bit. Remember, like, I kind of like... A bit of juggling going, but I kind of, I, it takes me back a little bit to when I was like really, really young. And you've got free time in your garden, you're trying to learn it like bits and bobs, and you can just have have some fun with it and just try a few. Like, how do you learn how to kick a football? How do you learn how to throw? Like, okay, well, there's plenty of videos out there. You can mm. watch a few videos and, and give it a go, but it's not easy. That's the thing. And the weather's rubbish. So, unless you've got space inside, which not everybody does, to launch a few tennis balls and things like that <laughs> i put the family china away so uh, but there is still lots of things you can be doing either from a um a skill point of view and a physical point of view i mean we've got some online sessions running at the moment where we're making the most of the space that we've got and the things that we might have at home to, to actually put a beneficial um online training session together and then we've got some really good snc stuff um I think the one the one thing that was was interesting last lockdown. So when we came back out of the original lockdown, was everybody had done like a bit of fitness and goalkeeping based fitness, or tried to make it as relevant as possible. But there's there's some goalkeepers that we had. We knew they'd been doing loads of really good physical stuff, and they came out of lockdown, put the pads on, went in goal, and they were still really tired quite quickly. And it kind of just shows that there's nothing quite like playing the game that's going to get you yeah. in the shape that you need um, to withstand the rigours of it. So that's one thing. Um, and I guess the other thing is just impatience, really, um, and and doing absolutely nothing. I think trying to trying to do lots and lots and lots is probably overstretching. If you can do little bits here and there just to maintain, you're probably winning each day. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be amazing. It just has to be a few bits and bobs. So um, it's really great seeing how people are are taking lockdown in their stride. I know some people are probably uh, struggling a little bit with things and ideas and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's um it's an interesting one at the moment. So your um your little lockdown exercises, Tom, on uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Up. How often do you get kitted up during the week? Me personally, yeah, hardly, hardly ever. Um, <laughs> just for the show, for <laughs> just for the show. Um, I, I do really miss it. Actually, I haven't played for a lot, like properly for a long time. Last, last time I did play was with with a mate and his team, um, probably three years ago, and it probably one of the best, most fun games I've ever played because I didn't play to, I, I mean, stiff yeah. not to play, not to win, but um. We uh, uh, it was clean. it was raining sideways. It was clean sheet, and I it was it was great. I was playing my mates. And you won the game, basically. Yeah, what, is what you're trying to say? Won the game, brilliant. Yeah, I think we won like two 0 or something. Um, but no, I don't. I, I like to put the kit on just to make sure that you can empathise <laughs> with the other goalkeepers and remember what it feels yeah. like. But, yeah, and it is Andrew good fun. Hart, you, Andrew Hart has just messaged in, uh, and he says you sleep in it. So yeah, <laughs> there's possibly some truth in that. <laughs> um, might what, be on... you got your leg pads on right now <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be funny if I did no just, uh, <laughs> just the uh, 
No, it's good. It's good fun. <laughs> it's good fun chucking it back on. Um, it, it makes me feel young, you know. <laughs> it definitely doesn't make me feel young when I put kit back on. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, but, but like only for half an hour, and then I'm done. Yeah, the kit is so interesting. Like I've been um, admiring how goalie pads have like been developing, but to me, they're just sort of like a pad, you know. But has there been quite a lot of a lot of um, uh, increase in like the, the the quality of the pads? Like, has it made a difference to how goalkeeping happens? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the last fifteen uh, ish years, I think the development of goalkeeping kit has been like not plateauing, but kind of on a steady like season by season, little little improvements, but nothing absolutely mind blowingly amazing um we had this conversation in a in a webinar the other day like the perfect thing <laughs> would be you know the film iron man yeah and you literally go and stand on a platform and it just wraps oh, around you yeah. in like three seconds it cleans itself it's indestructible and like you just basically fold it up and take it with you in a small little yeah. thing perfect like that would be amazing and maybe we're just like overstretching our our imagination a little bit but like the foam like the foam's improved um the it's improved with the game as well obviously it's got to be protective first and foremost um then it's got to fit your body really well um and then you've got all the different shapes and sizes that go with mm-hmm. it as well so there's the one thing i would say about kit is like you'll always as a goalkeeper <laughs> the ball will always find a gap somewhere <laughs> there's just the nature yeah, exactly. of the game that you know even you'll you'll clip one off the inner thigh you'll hit, get hit in the bicep it'll hit you in the chest that you're still covered it still hurts from time to time but yeah there's like some really interesting stuff going on i think every year uh, some of the brands try something something new and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't um and until it really gets out there and goes to market um that's when it it, it can actually be tried and tested properly but um yeah yeah, it's my first ever set of pads were awful, like awful, like um, really thin. I mean, barely foam. But I'm like not, cricket. I was I was lucky. It wasn't. I'm not that not quite that old, so it wasn't like wicker uh, and slats of wood, pad. things like cane pads and all that sort of stuff, which I just finds the the hell out of me. But um, yeah, no, the kit the kit's interesting, and it's it's quite cool though like people want like the next cool the mh1 <laughs> the next the next cool thing like it's whether it's color um whether it's just the star whether it's new or what or whoever it's worn by or whatever it it basically yeah. it's just yeah you know, like mike will know this because he's quite like um cool. like <laughs> like gadgets and things and it's always like um, there's a cycling term like N plus one, right? So you've got your bike, but you'll always want this other bike. And you'll have your goalie kit and you'll always want another goalie kit or another bit of kit. And what's next? And do I want different colours? And you, you get a bit geeky and nerdy about it. Don't you, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> and I think when it, when it changed a few years ago and everybody, and you could really like pick whatever colour you wanted, and you could really go mad with the colours. That was a game changer. Um, yeah, but things I'm, come. I'm back with white pads. I think white pads coming back is going to be 
exciting. Well, didn't they go out the rules because we use a white ball? Is that not what happened? Is that just a myth that I heard? No, that was true, but I think that's gone because there's been right. a few pairs of white pads kicking around. So I, yeah, I, like, I like the white pads. I think the white pads are cool. Um, I, it's one of those things that we haven't seen it for so long that if you chuck some goalkeeper of white pads, all of a sudden you'd be like, exactly. yeah, I want, I want those ones. But I get the whole white ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's like the performance gains been made in keeper stuff now? A bit of a geeky question, but as an, a non-goalkeeper specialist, yeah. what, are, what are brands trying to do? To like, Is it trying to make things lighter, this maximised surface area on bits and pieces? What's the... What they're trying to do? Yeah, I guess it's all of the above, really. Um, and it depends what you can, how you can work with, with the specifically with the bits of foam. Um, there is obviously a, a big thing about high rebound, especially off off the kickers. Um, to a certain extent, I think that might go full circle a little bit, and they'll try to add in some more control uh, rather than high rebound. Um, it's just a thought, only because. Um, if you lose all of that control off your kicker, the foam also becomes, it's harder to stay, um, to keep the integrity of the foam. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on this or whatever, but the, the softer the foam, obviously the quicker it can lose its integrity over time. Um, and you therefore lose a bit of protection. And if you look at top level goalkeepers, they're constantly changing, swapping their kickers over because, like their feet will just get hurt over time. Um, if you add a little bit more into the control element of it, it also means the things like, yeah, the ball's going to ricochet. The ball's going fast enough anyway. The ball's going to ricochet off. But if you had that more element of control a little bit more, you might not give away so many short corners. But the ball might go up there and that sort of thing. And it might be coming full circle a little bit, but that's just more me thinking out yeah. loud. Is that, like why they, is that why they did the squared toe on the elbow kickers? Um, square toe, like if you look at the profile, it you like, and you mentioned it before, it's like way bigger surface area. Yeah. Um, if people do want to toe punt the ball, it's fast, it's much easier. Um, yeah. the foam itself is is a higher rebound foam. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I mean, it's a way better kicker than the old Obo kicker for for, for my next massively geeky question is as equipment changes, do your like as you as a goalkeeper coach, do you have to do change about how you think about the game technically? So like a square toe, do you go, do, should we kick the ball the same way? Is it, does it matter if we toe poke it as much now? Do that yeah. certain hands, that things change? Do we get in a different position? And do the shapes we sort of talk about change as equipment changes? Yeah, I think, I mean, you always look at the game first and foremost and see how you need to adapt around that. I guess that's the classic coaching answer. Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> The, the the kit so if we take those obo kickers for just as a really simple example um it's so much easier to control the 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 ball with the toe than it was before and the whole reason why you didn't want to kick with the toe before because it's basically a ramp and it's just going to go up in the air and you always want to coach your goalkeepers how to kick with their instep as a fundamental skill anyway but Keepers were just like, oh, I'm going to tape on that, and it works really well. Why not? Why not use? Why not use it? Um, <laughs> we had a goalkeeper, uh, a couple of goalkeepers that were like really happy using the outside of their foot. Um, <laughs> and they they tried it. They it worked for them. It's not. It's probably a high risk, high reward type save. I wouldn't necessarily uh, pitch in and coach it, but they want to use that from time to time. They can. So. Um, yeah, it, 
certainly so like the other thing is with especially with right hand gloves that because they interweave with your stick um they can be a little bit complicated in how you certainly when it goes from individual to individual and how they like to save the ball and how they hold that stick within the glove because the glove is the probably of all the bits of foam the more complex bit so we've got a couple of things in here um just from a, a kit point of view just whilst we're on this topic uh so we'll start with uh <laughs> just from an aesthetics point of view uh pew who's got 101 legends uh white and black overpad are beaut uh <laughs> we've seen them once they do look sick black on the outside white on the inside big fan of that um uh, ian uh who's a regular on the show uh, anybody using D3O materials uh, and foam in the goalie kit? Now, TK did for a bit, um, but that kind of died out pretty quickly. And it's now Oboe's like dead stop, which is like, I'd say the gold standard in like an additional bit of foam. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? I, 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 I love how this has turned into like a goalie kit chat, which I've, <laughs> I fundamentally am not an expert in. Um, yeah, you you <laughs> We we use we use kit as as it performs, you know. Like what's in it is what's in it. Um, D three O has been used for a, a quite a few years. This is not something new. Um, from what I understand with D three O is that when you put it in between two bits of foam or um, and and there's impact, it creates a higher rebound. If those bits of foam weren't there, it would just kill the ball. So it has to be in between bits of foam. That's how I understand it. Um, Monarch had it in their kit a long a long time ago. DK have still got it in bits of their kit, I think. Um, some bits yeah. of the body armor as well. And um, it's thin. It's it's relatively light. Um, it creates, from what I understand, a fair amount of protection. Um, but it, it doesn't move a lot, so it is quite ri- it is quite rigid. So you could only probably use it for certain certain things, but it seems to be something that a lot of uh, quite a few brands have looked into using more and more. And, and it might be a case of trying to use it in the right way for certain bits of of kit, and maybe not all of them. But um, yeah, ultimately, I mean, there's a lot of kit that hasn't like it's going back to the original bit. There's a lot of kit that hasn't really changed that much, and it worked really well and every year you know every few years they just change kind of what it looks like and not necessarily it's it's performance um but most most uh, <laughs> helmets <laughs> this is 20 yeah. years worth of helmets i want to see the inside of those helmets uh right not rank yeah right let's move away from kit Test. How can goal? What are your thoughts, uh, goalies versus forwards? And now this I think well, is going to be quite. Yeah, so, well, I had I had a bit of a thing because, to be honest, as a forward or as a midfielder, when I'm when I'm about to shoot, I'm not really thinking of the goalie as a person. I'm just thinking of them as like a barrier, you know. <laughs> and so um, when they take their helmets off and you're like you're in, and I, I understand that they're humans, yeah, but um, <laughs> in that moment. I'm shooting and I'm not really thinking about the fact that they are themselves like caught up in emotions. They've got, um, they've got pressures and things like that. And I'm not really thinking about that, but I think that's probably something I should. My question is sort of um, 
what does how does attention and focus change like did when you're about to receive a shot are you thinking technique only or do you or are you thinking oh my goodness I need to save this shot <laughs> it's a funny one so for, like it's a really funny one for goalkeepers because from personal experience I always wanted the ball to be in our half so I had something to do um and and I really wanted to make a save <laughs> that's <laughs> backwards because we want the ball at the other end of the pitch and we want to win and I'm always happy with that as well but when it gets in the, into uh, like the half our, our half I'm like oh I hope that gets into the 23 oh, I hope that gets into the D I hope I have to make a save <laughs> so I could do something it's bizarre um, as when it comes to like what goalkeepers are normally thinking about when they are, they're called into action and need to make a save in training, you can afford to think about a few things that maybe you're you're looking to develop, but ultimately you can only do that for a set period of time. And a lot of what you do in goal will be about preparation. So everything you do beforehand to stop that ball getting in the D. Um, but as soon and and think physical things like okay, I can see the ball being played into space. It looks like they're going to hit on their backhand. Okay, I've got to think in my head about where I'm going to set how I'm going to be balanced and find my timing with the shot. Now that's all going to happen pretty like subliminally. Yeah. Through, through training and actually thinking about it before a little bit. But as soon as that shot is about to be hit, all the focus is on picking the line of the ball, being balanced, finding your timing and be able to actually connect with it. They won't be so if I've got that picture of someone hitting a backhand, like I'm looking at the ball, I can see the body shape in my periphery. My, my brain is taking that in. That gives me information about where the ball might be going and where the ball might be hit from. But ultimately, I've got to focus on the ball and, and pick up that, that line of the ball. Yeah, there's a lot of chaos going around it, but like ultimately the ball, it has to be the thing that I have to focus on. And in my head, it's the stuff that I do beforehand that will make that save a lot easier. And ultimately, I've got to rely on my really good habits from training because I don't have time to think about the ball through the air because it's going too quickly, unless I'm hitting the backhand and it just loops somewhere, in which case I've got a bit more time. <laughs> does, that make, does that make sense? Yeah, because in my um, limited knowledge of goalkeeping, I was um, I was wondering if it was... Well, for, for for a striker, if if the ball's coming at you at sort of like way tight or something, it's just sort of almost self-defense to get the ball in the goal. You're not really thinking about technique. Is that yeah. what goalkeeping is? Is it is it your it's almost a self-defense? Um yes and no, because you get used you get used to like ha- like having a ball hit at you and then it's not that that bit of uh, that natural feeling of I've got to protect myself. It's then about the habits that you've created. So if a ball comes straight out of my head, like the natural instinct was to go like this. I'm going to move out of the way. But if you train it and get used to it, like some goalkeepers might just keep their head still and head it. <laughs> or the better way is to put a glove in the way. Yeah. And 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 sometimes they'll move out of the space and still put their hand in the space. And that's how they do it. That's how they try to actually manipulate that save. Um, some keepers are so like, and it's really good skill to have is that they just let it hit them. And then they can control the ball afterwards. That's also a skill. Like you don't just have that. Mm. 
someone needs to work on it with you where you go, okay, I'm, I'm happy being hit. Because mm-hmm. as you said, it's a natural reaction to just move out of the way. And um, so are there, are there different type throws? This is probably really naive, but they're different styles of goalkeeping. Um, because in, in my, because I, I, I don't know, I just think of you save the ball or you don't save the ball, but there's a lot of technique and there's, is there, there, are there styles of goalkeeping? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If you look at all the goalkeepers, the top goalkeepers around the world and how they play the game in their own way, it is, it, there are different ways of doing things. Um, so if you look at the Aussie goalkeepers and, 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 definitely New Zealand goalkeepers as well. They're going to stay on their feet more often. They're not going to dive around so much um, they're, and they're going to work in that in that realm a little bit more. Um, European goalkeepers are a little bit more uh, flamboyant, I would say. Okay, they, they work on the ground a little more. Um, they, they try different things. There's probably a little bit more diving to it. Um, but it, sometimes it depends on your height. Sometimes it depends on your physical capabilities and sometimes it just depends on what you've you've been used to doing from an early age and it the same thing with everything and the same thing that you that you know that you would be working on and what you've been taught as as you've grown up as well is that you, you play to your strengths a lot you've got to make sure those strengths continue to improve uh you plug any gaps that, that you can but ultimately it's your style the way you carry the ball is going to be different from someone else's carries ball, but the principles are going to be the same. You're going to carry the ball in order to be able to pass in different directions, but the way you move your feet, the way you hold your body, the way you hold your hands is going to be slightly different from somebody else. It's the same with goalkeeping. So if I want to make a save to my right with my foot, okay, my my limb length might be a couple of inches long longer than than somebody else, in which case that I might not be able to keep my toe down or keep my toe up and I might have to sit back a little bit or go a little bit further forward and that ball might go in a different direction. It all just depends on loads of different things and ultimately it will look different, but the end result will be a save. Mm. Um, so there's quite a big um, gap, I guess, where forwards and um, attackers should probably be looking at the goalies before before we play certain teams. Um, but I don't know how much actually goes in about whether a goalie likes, like if a goalie likes to slide, that's quite a big thing that we focus on because we watch and then we can see if we can get the ball over them. But things like how they would react from um, shots from the top of the D, is that, does that vary quite a bit as well? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, most goalkeepers will be wanting to uh, to achieve the same thing. So they'll they'll want to find their balance. They'll want to find uh, enough time for them to see the ball. Um, but uh, you know, most shots, I would say, most goalkeepers will will stay and use either use their feet when the ball stays low or goes wide. Um, and if it goes up in the air. Um, unlikely to make a dive for that because it's just going to be an instinctive step. That's what shot stopping mm. is normally. If it's a, a drag flick, then there's a little bit more fluidity to it and it might be more of a load to to, to drop to one side that might look more like a dive. Um, I think it's an interesting one about the slide when you mentioned that. So we would call it smothering or coming out and going to ground. I always find that it's something that players, if they have the time, can manipulate so and and i encourage as many strikers to spend as much time in front of goal 
with goalkeepers as possible. Um, mainly because you understand the nuances of how they move and how you can manipulate them rather than just thinking of the goal. Yeah. Most of the time, if you've got a goalkeeper that's not balanced, not quite ready for it, the chances of them saving it go way down. So ultimately, can you get in, them into that position with a little movement of the ball or your body movement or whatever it is? Um, it's a bit like like shuffles. Ultimately, you're trying yeah. to move that goalkeeper so you can open up a bit of the goal to shoot at. You'll have your routine. You might have to change it and things like that. But um, the <laughs> there's... There's, I, like, I've had to develop loads of skills in front of goal because I'm a goalkeeper, but I can pretty much do whatever I want to score now. And that's five, six years of just spending every single day in front of goal. And as arrogant and cocky as this sounds, I'm pr- I've now got to the point where I pretty much know whether that ball's going to, whether just like before I hit it, whether I'm going to score or not, unless it's like right at the top of the D and then who knows. Mm-hmm. Who knows what comes up? But if, especially when it's close to goal, I'm yeah. You can manipulate the goalkeeper with how you with your body shape and and your little skills and and it and it's really really useful. Um, but I don't think enough strikers spend time in front of goal. Mm-hmm. The goalkeeper yeah. to understand understand how they how they move and how they operate and what they're trying to achieve and that sort of thing. Yeah, because it's quite a funny. So Savvy and uh, Tennant and Maddie and I sort of like have a little bit of banter around if we if, who's scoring who's saving and yeah. sometimes when they come up to me and so particularly savvy at the moment she just kind of goes like oh one nil me you know um and then that sort of gets in my head and um but she she does that they, they, well they all come up and say like oh you, you did really good like to to move me there so I was completely off balance all you had to do was just like carry on a little bit and put the ball in the goal rather than trying to beat them too many times um so like the little conversations yeah you know who else laura myers she loves a bit of goalie band it's <laughs> <laughs> <a> not terrible chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is i mean it it's uh it's great to have that competition on the on the pitch with your with your teammates because ultimately it will lead to conversations it will lead to like why you did this why you did that and adding a little bit of fun pressure is always it's always a healthy thing to do. Um, it, training gets boring otherwise, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> How yeah. much is about watching the ball, Tom? That sounds a really boring question, but from like a skill acquisition angle, yeah. watching this thing, you know, Sky Sports do that thing with the, when the cricket's on, they talk about an, the analysis piece, and they're talking about fast bowlers. Actually, at 90 plus mile an hour, they don't watch the the ball in particular, but they watch the body shape, the cueing and everything that they see in the bowler up to the release point and then they're already in position to play a shot. How yeah. much of that translates from a, a reaction time perspective to goalkeeping? Yeah, I guess the, the, the first bit is the difference between cricket and um, and hockey goalkeeping is that obviously the, the difference in body shapes yeah. is, is, is not so nuanced because we've got so many different ways of shooting, whereas the ways of bowling is someone runs down the same yeah. track over and over again and, and, and we get to see it quite a lot. So in that instance, you, I, I guess you can be a little, not preemptive because it's another word for guessing. Um, you, you'll chunk all that information together. Yeah. I think the time that we have in goal is 
arguably less than you might get someone bowling 90 mile an hour over 22 yards. You think about the dimensions of the D, you, you might have eight yards of time, 10 yards of time, 12 yards of time max, something like that. And the ball's still going 60, 70 miles an hour. So how much time do you really have? So it's, it's, it's instinctive. So when we try to think about seeing the ball, part of that is actually you physically being able to have a clear sight not only of the ball, but you know, you get some days that are just fuzzier than others when you, how you see. So um, you can do things pre or in your warmer to just get yourself focusing short and long range. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you, even if it is just you focusing on that to get you there. And even if that is just, I haven't like, I'm not hydrated enough. So today's a little blurry. So really practical things like that. And then, um, actually seeing the ball and tracking the ball now i can i can track the ball and it goes past i can watch it i'm not going to move i'm going to have to connect with it so as soon as i see the the line of the ball i'm going to have to make a move but i don't want to just watch it and then move really late at at some stage i've got to work out where my timing is so the instance of trying to see that ball off the stick and the slight change of angle and what speed it's going at is that's the moment when you've got to be really focused on the ball there's probably a point where you get over focused on the ball and like i said it then doesn't translate to um to you moving and you know like the expression always sees it like a beach ball Yeah. yeah like fine you can do things like okay pick a dimple on the ball pick a, a you know it's a bit like golf you know you're not aiming for the hole you aim for the middle of the hole you know um and little things like that are always going to be going to help you but you don't want to get it to the point where you're just watching it and not moving so does that mean that as um strikers if we like if we shield the ball or make it difficult for the goalie to see those shots those are the hardest ones to save yeah i mean not seeing the ball is really tricky really tricky you don't pick any of the cues up from the body shape or anything anything like that it's like um so when you get like a, a shuffle and you turn in and goalkeepers normally get too well the wrong thing would be to do just to get too close what i want to do is to be able to see the ball so i might have to take a step a yard back and actually squat mm-hmm. and see through legs because mm-hmm. if if i'm if i'm if we're both standing at the same height or we just crouch a little bit, you've got stick on ball, goalkeepers behind you, their line of sight are through your hips, and you can't mm. see the ball. So that's why you see a lot of goalkeepers getting really low to actually try and see the ball. But they might be low like here, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, that's great, I'll go the other way. <laughs> and they're a bit stranded. Um, mm. They still need to try to see the ball, because if they didn't, they, they're just going to be stuck anyway, and you'll still have a, a, an advantage over them. Um, yeah, I guess because i quite like in shuffles to see the goalie so um and to move them one way to get them to shuffle um and then try and pick a spot either like between their pads or um to accelerate around them and then and then go through but um and we've been we've been talking a bit about not turning up back so much um but if the goalie can't see the ball then maybe it's maybe it's a good thing to do no i think i think it's probably the point where goalkeepers have learned how to deal with it whereas when we were doing before and when shuffle started and i think we saw that as a as a really useful thing to do from a striking perspective then goalkeepers hadn't worked it out yet Mm. how to deal with it so whether you get 
spin or whether you hold on to it. And like, if I, if I want to negate the problem, the, the whole point of spinning, um, sorry, with your back to goal is that the goalkeeper is close. If they're far away, what's the point? Oh, okay, you yeah. Can't, you can't then just spin around them. Yeah. So they need to st- like if they stay close, great. If they're a yard or two further away, you're basically like, oh, well, I've just turned my back for no reason, and you have to face yeah. up again. You've just lost a second and a half of your eight seconds, and it, it that's a problem. So goalkeepers have worked that out, which is probably why it's less successful. And if you face the goal, you're probably going to have a, a better opportunity. But I mean, that goalkeeper could spare, like, come two yards further past the penalty spot, can start two yards mm. behind it, and that changes maybe how you approach attacking the D, attacking the goal. So how are they dealing with it, Tom, if the player comes in? Because when they first did shuffles, it would be like, I remember watching the AHL round, it was almost like everyone did it. Everyone turned their back and spun round to the forehand. So you close down, they they turned the back. At that point, do you drop off? Yeah. Yeah. And do you stay upright? Do you get into any sort of low barriers, or do you, what's your thinking? What's your Is it? it depends. Yeah, I, I guess it depends how close you are to the goal. Yeah, and how that ball has 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 been presented or or not presented if it's if it's um, faced away from you. So the the whole point of it is of goalkeeping, especially, is to cover the the the, the middle of the goal, the bottom half of the goal first, and then anything else that you can. Um, so if I'm if I'm standing between the ball and the goal and I'm quite close, I'm going to want to have my feet together, my knees together, my hands really low. If I'm standing on my feet, if I'm, if I feel like I need to cover a little bit more width of the goal, I might go into what's called a hybrid or an Argentinian block, which is basically like a long barrier in cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can still move from that position. I can chuck my leg out left and right. Um, I might be in a slot of like half smother where I can still get up and move around. But ultimately I've, the, the question you have to keep answering is ha- like, especially when you've engaged with a one-on-one is to constantly put yourself as big a barrier as you can between the ball and the goal. And if that means you, you need to be mobile with it, then you've got to be mobile. But as soon as that ball moves, you move, you move with it. And if you can try, especially when you want to try to keep them in a small space, if, if, you know, if I was in goal, Tess, you had a one-on-one against me, I've got no idea what you what you do normally, um, and you might not have any set a plans of what you do, and you change it every time, or it's organic, and you just play it as you see it. Ultimately, what I want to do is restrict your space. I want to disrupt what you do. I'm going to have a long stick. I'm going to try to get you to a, to one side and keep you there. I don't want to work in a big space because I'm like you're quicker than me. I, I'm one. I'm trying to keep you to one side. So ultimately, I've got to try to get to a place where. I'll make you think to shoot. I'll also make you think to try to get around me. But by giving you lots of those different options in your head, nothing's quite clear. Mm. Enough. Mm. And so I can squeeze the time, squeeze the space. And it's not yeah. not going to work every single time because ultimately if you do something really good, it's going to outfox me. Well done you. But if I can squeeze that a little bit, more often than not, I'm probably going to win that. Yeah, it's when goalies run, they they charge and then they stop because if they if they charge, then I think to go round, and yeah. then if they stop, then I'm in a sort of a halfway scenario, and then the defense are coming back anyway. So then you've lost your edge. Yeah, I find I find like indoor skills are really useful for for shuffles. 
So if you move the ball a little bit, like indoor, bam, bam, just mm. like bam, past my left foot, I don't have time to move my left foot. Or if my left foot does move, it'll probably just go in through my legs or something. Um, I've seen you do it before as well, where you just like right back, like really quick hand, a little yeah. a tiny little, tiny little, tiny little V drag or something like that. It doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, it just thing is though, perfect. like those, I think goalies are. I uh, think they've figured it out now. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big thing. It's the lobs that crack me up. Oh yeah. Because what got what God was said to do is go. Someone lobs him, they go closer to the ball. I'm like, they're trying to lob you. You need to go. You need to go that yeah. way. As soon as you go backwards, the lob the lob doesn't work. But then equally, you'll you'll open up the goal for other things. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got uh, so a question from Berkshire Hockey. Uh, is there a benefit of doing lockdown exercises in some keep pads? So not just doing it kind of out of kit, is there a benefit to doing it in kit? 100%. Um, go on, uh, email me, Tom at Fortitude Hockey, um, and I'll uh, explain <laughs> explain how you can do that. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, just the fact that you're in pads, it always feels different. And first, like, if you don't put your kit on for six weeks, it's going to feel a bit weird when you put it back on. So why don't you just keep it familiar? Put your kit on, play some football. <laughs> put your kit on, throw a ball at a wall, make some saves. Uh, it, uh, you know, do a fitness session if you want uh, in your kit. <laughs> It'll be so when you get back from you know back on the pitch, it's going to feel less alien and um, a little easier. But there's loads of stuff you can do. Loads of stuff. I mean, we've got on- online training going on at the moment where you know goalkeepers are using you know three meters by three meters of their living room and we're still doing valuable stuff in there it's not on the pitch it's not exactly what it should be and it's but it's still valuable if if we can do it in the right way if we have a a nice little think about it but ultimately it's never going to be exactly how you want it to be for now but it you know little lockdowns taught us is um good enough sometimes good enough yeah uh, just going back to the toe one bit, uh, Andrew Hart again. Uh, square toes, master technique, and junior keepers, uh, and they should train in a wedge style kicker. Uh, thoughts on that? Um, ultimately, you've got to learn how to kick with your instep and see the value of of, of using your instep. Um, I think as modern goalkeeping goes. And you have the ability to be able to kick with your toe as long as you are creating the parameters in your training to make one more valuable than the other and to make it clear that it's it, you want to use your instep more than your toe, then absolutely fine. And like, I, why would like you uh, with the old over kickers, for example, people were toe punting the ball anyway, yeah. you know. And, it, it, uh so Pew said biggest guilty pleasure is a cheap toe punt. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. You can't have fun toe punting the ball or playing playing hockey and goal, then you know, why why do we do it? But I, I get I get the, the point and I get the question and, and I definitely agree we need good habits and we want and, and all for the right reason. Um if I need to use my toe just to get to the ball first and nudge that ball to the side before a striker gets there. Then I'm going to use it, and it's it's easier, a bit more familiar. Use the outside of the kicker as a little distract, like yeah, 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm not advocating the outside of the kicker. <laughs> um, and final thing that's kind of in the comment at the moment, uh, Lee Marshall. And I guess this is probably a this is quite a big answer. So this might be a a separate follow up. But what would be a good on on pitch pre match warm up for a goalkeeper? Um, the two two things with that one. If you go to our YouTube channel, um, we've got uh, warm ups on there. We've got an extended one and a shorter one that people can just look at um, and and take what they want from it. Um, ultimately, people have their warm ups uh, in different ways. Um, some people like to spend twenty minutes warming up. Some people like to spend an hour. Um, the main things for me are are um, being present is a really important one. How do we actually make sure we are there in the in the moment, um, both physically and mentally? Uh, I know it sounds a bit like mindful and things like that, but it's important. I remember playing games where they were talking about seeing the ball early and it, you know, us having a fuzzy vision of the day, not quite being there. Get yourself to a place where you'll know you're in your moment, you're present, you can see stuff properly, you're well hydrated, all the rest of it, and you just prepared yourself well. The next thing will be about, okay, bit of a systems check, my feet working, I'm actually physically in the right place. What, the one thing that I see goalkeepers do quite a lot is just like spend... 10 minutes doing loads of shot stopping they get their heart heart rate elevated loads they've got a little bit of lactic in the legs so they want to save every single shot in the warm-up and then all of a sudden that all just dies off hit hit the game i'll do six things and and like it, it's not quite the same um so i would probably temper that a little bit and not necessarily have to think about having to save every single shot and probably m- registering a little bit more quality over quantity that makes sense. Um, from a realistic point of view, if you've got club hockey and you've only got five minutes to to warm up before your game starts, which from what I remember, especially playing junior adult, well, let's say junior adult hockey, when I was a junior but started playing adult hockey for the threes or fours or fives, you hardly got any time to warm up on the pitch. So, you know, take a few tennis balls in your bag, use them with a wall that might be there or someone that can hit a ball at you somewhere else. Like it, it's one of those things that you're g- gagging to get on the pitch to actually get yourself and get your eye in and feel a bit more comf- confident with it. You know, why not um, spend some time uh, where you can with a tennis ball or something like that and get, get some one of your teammates to help you. Um, so it, a little bit of personal preference, really. I think as I got slightly older, I, I wanted to do less and less. I wanted to do half an hour max. I'd get my body ready, but ultimately I'd need my head to be there more than anything else. Because we had a really good chat on Wednesday night about strength and conditioning and we're talking about, oh, yeah, is it just normal for someone to be able to go down into the splits? They're like, well, no, not unless you're well-practiced. So if 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 I've got – I've practiced – I mean, not everyone needs to go into the splits to play in goal, but um, they need good mobility around their hips and their hamstrings. And you should be to a point where you should be able to just get up from somewhere and probably go into a lunge or a split or an extreme movement that you've been used to in goal and not not pull a muscle, not get injured because you, ultimately your muscles are, are, are should be ready enough for it. And that's where we were talking about what happens in, in the middle of a game. You haven't done anything for 20 minutes and you need to pull out some sort of massive leg stretch. Like, why don't you pull a muscle it's like well because you're you're used to it so ultimately there's this physical element to it that that is probably not quite as important as the mental element yeah that might i might just open up for a massive new conversation 
Yeah, I think we will. I think, yeah, I've put your YouTube channel link uh, in the chat for both those watching on YouTube and those watching on Facebook. So I'll put the, your YouTube channel in there. Um, I think we'll we'll finish there because I think this is another one which could go for ages. So, Tom, where, where can people find you uh, to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world at the moment? I'm, I'm in a very cold house in... <laughs> In South England. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm wearing a coat. <laughs> um, yeah, look, so email is tom at fortitude hockey. The website is fortitudehockey.com. Um, and uh, that's where you can find us and the usual social media handles Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to talk to us about anything, if you want us to come to your school or your club or run individual sessions or whatever it is, anything to do with goalkeeping or even striking. Even striking. I'll, I'll give you a call, Tom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll do it that way, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, then definitely give us a shout. Um, obviously, lockdown, we've got a little bit more time to communicate with people. So we're more than happy to chat to whoever about anything goalkeeping related amazing um well everyone thank you so much again for a thoroughly enjoyable evening um for everyone that's watching uh if you haven't done so already please uh subscribe like sport 101 fortitude uh free solo hockey uh gibbo just because so yeah share the love and sign up all of the things um if there's anybody you want us to chat to in future weeks please uh, drop it in the in the comments below uh, and we will go from there apart from that thank you all very much everybody and enjoy your weekend thank you so much Tom and yeah look forward Thanks, to really soon Tom. cheers guys thanks for that cheers guys <laughs>